0: You're listening to the Tennis.com Podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hello, friends. Ed McGrogan and Steve Tigner here on this beautiful March day, the sun peering through the tree limbs, the azaleas, chrysanthemums, and dandelions peering up through the soil. And we stand here today to talk about not golf, that's coming up pretty soon in this heightened spring weather, but instead March's fabled tennis tournaments beginning with the Indian Wells Masters. And so, Steve, I I I I had that planned and maybe I think you have to take over from there. I'm I'm kinda
1: spent after that intro. <laughs> That's good. A good connection with the Masters. I hopefully people will get that. Yeah, we can only uh,
0: hope. We can only hope. But yeah, I mean you know, overall I think this is a good a good uh podcast opportunity. You know, we're recording this before Davis Cup, but I and we'll have a lot about that on um tennis dot com, you know, Thursday and through the weekend of course, but I thought this was a, a good chance to kind of, you know, maybe put a bow on February and really more to the point, look ahead to March. Um, you know, a, a big story, you know, March, of course, we have Indian Wells in Miami, the big, the big, two big hardcore events before you move to clay. Really the, the big story of, uh, you know, Indian Wells this year is Venus Williams. She makes a return after 15 years away. She uh, just published a piece for the players tribune, uh, which, you know, explained kind of the, her thoughts behind it. And, you know, as, as you and I were saying, they do have some, you know, it's, it's pretty well written. They, they did a good, if you can do a good job with, with John Scott's story, which they did, I think you can, I think you have a lot of material here with Venus. Uh, you can kind of take that as you will, but you know, you, you read
1: the piece and, and, you know,
0: Venus is obviously a, you know a big deal when it comes to this tournament.
1: Yeah, you know she announced that she's coming back for the first time since I guess it's two thousand one, um, and I just thought it was interesting that that it was pretty characteristic of her. You know, no matter no matter who actually wrote the words, but but um, you know Serena Venus said that one of the reasons Serena decided to come back was she was reading about. And hearing a lot about Nelson Mandela and about the idea of of forgiveness and and coming together, uh, Venus was Venus was was more like along the lines of. She talked about being there for her sister, but she also ended up talking about how she really just wants to go to a place where she can play tennis. She wants to play. It's in a way, it's a chance to play another tennis tournament for her. You know, the idea of that's always been her thing. Really, it's just how much she loves the sport. That's that's always been you know kind of her focus I think it was her enthusiasm for the sport as much as anything else that got Serena so you know so involved in it it was even more probably Venus's enthusiasm than than say Richard Williams but you know Venus is always just love playing Is still 35 still you know looking for new tournaments to play in a way another tournament to play so I feel like that's that's at the core of her of her comeback to this well tournament. yeah I mean and and if it's that's... Great to see.
0: And if that's not sort of emblematic of the fact that she's even still playing at her age and considering some of the um, health and physical issues that she's combated, I mean, that kind of sums it up there. Um, just wanting to embrace the game, continuing to do it for as long as possible. I, I mean, when you mention that, it it does bring back to mind one of her post-match interviews at the U.S. Open a couple, you know, a year or two ago where she found that, I think I'm paraphrasing, but that it it just felt so good to to have that, um, you know, to have that crowd to play for and behind her. And, and, and that does seem to tie a little bit to this. I mean, I, I also think that it was, you know, this tournament is, you know, for all i said there venus of course is not going to be playing for that much longer we can only assume and i think it would be you know something that not would not be mentioned in the first two pages of her biography about all of her accomplishments and accolades in this world but it would be something that would probably be mentioned um in retirement if she didn't end up ever playing there again you know in contrast that with serena coming back uh last year and and kind of making amends if if you will, you know both parties really so and and I think that's a good point you mentioned about you know really the the do- the the parallel lives in a way that these two have led to a degree in tennis that you know they've had very different careers of very different people, but I think it does stand a reason that we would probably not have the serena williams that we've that we've seen and admired and have just been awestruck from on the court without venus williams and what she has uh you know both instilled in her and also motivated her to do
1: yeah it also brings indian wells back you know as a top level women's tournament now really hasn't been for all those years that that serena and venus weren't there was sort of a chance for other players to win you know it was still a great event but you felt like the there was always something missing from the women's side, and now it's you know now everybody's there again, and also from strictly from Venus's season, uh, this could be an important tournament for her. She started out horribly losing her first two matches and but then she won a tournament in Taiwan um, seemed to get on track a little bit this this would be another chance you know another chance for her to to continue with that we'll see
0: and you know for the the women's side of Indian wells uh, we have. You know something—something to consider for sure is is Simona Halep, and that's a player who has really not had a great start to to this season at all. Uh, The whether it's you know whether it's kind of the next year of expectation for her or you know whatever the explanation is, um, you know she's defending a lot of points here as um, as defending champ. So it's. it's a big tournament for her as well, and I think maybe a good, you know, perhaps a time by the time this month is over to kind of really assess where we think Halop is right now. Because I mean, hard courts are her surface. You know, the, would I would say the best, you know, surface that that she is on. She has obviously some great results on on clay as well, but. Um, but I think maybe this is maybe when thirty days have elapsed here, and we're done with Indian Wells in Miami. We can you know make some more definitive statements on where you know where Simona stands right now.
1: Yeah, she had her best results last year in U.S. hard courts, um, North American hard courts. She won Indian Wells. She uh, played a good match against Serena and Biscayne, Played another good match against her in Cincinnati. Um, so I think. You know, now it's a year later, and you, you sort of now she has to defend those points. And now, you know, I think she had reached a point where she was number two. There really, you know, like a lot of the other women who've gone up to that position, there wasn't anywhere else she could go in a way. Serena was in the way, um, but she won this tournament last year, so this is really the first time. You know, as far as her, you know, the way she's been playing now, that that if she continues to play that way. It'll really hurt her, you know. The, her ranking will drop. The points will come off. Uh, you'll get a. You'll start to get a feeling like this is going to be a bad year for her. So I feel like we'll see. We'll see how she reacts to that kind of pressure, or whether she even feels it. Um, you know, we've we've seen her have a lot of ups and downs in the last couple of years, and she's bounced back. Maybe that's maybe that's what we'll see here. I don't know. She hasn't seemed that into it. This year, at you know, this season so far, she wanted to take time off um, to have an operation. Then she then she was she decided not to do that. So, so um, I think she's the most interesting um, person, you know, woman in the in in the women's draw, starting out. You know, to, to just get a gauge of where she is.
0: And I'm also curious. I'm. I'm thinking about some other players that this is a, a big tournament for on the women's side. First off, you know, we didn't really mention Serena that much at the top, but I am curious to see what the follow-up is to last year here, because there is a lot, clearly a lot of baggage that were that was associated with that last year. She almost lost her opener to, was it Nicolescu? Or, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, tricky opponent for sure, but, you know, I, I do wonder if we didn't really get you know, the full Serena treatment on the courts for that. And I, I, so I kind of wonder what the sequel holds for her here as well. Um, And, you know, you mentioned about Halep not perhaps, you know, not giving off the impression of, of having, you know, really kind of enjoying this year, you know, it makes sense considering the results, but, you know, I contrast that with someone like, like Sloane Stevens, who I want, who, you know, we've, hardly ever said that before this year now she comes off and and I wonder really you know what this tournament could say about her she'll get um, some pretty prime billing of course too but she's coming off a a title in Acapulco also you know that's her second of the year Um, you know we're seeing that kind of what the what her easy power can kind of breed when she's playing in the right frame of mind and, you know, we did a we did a pretty big story last year in Tennis magazine about Kamal Murray who is working with her and you know, I think he brings he's a you know, he's a, a not a not a a seasoned pro by you know, former player by any means, but he's he has experience in those ranks and I, I think he kind of gives her has given her such a, a different mentality and I think that's gotten really good results out of her so i wonder you know where this month holds for both serena and sloan actually
1: yeah it's true for serena she didn't play you know we haven't seen her since the australian open had a kind of weird loss in the final there didn't play pulled out of doha and dubai um and she didn't win this tournament last year she pulled out of this tournament in the semifinals. i do part of me thinks that she'll really want to win this tournament this time you know last year was the comeback this year, but it sort of ended ended prematurely. Um, but this year maybe she'll wanna really you know, prove herself here again. And for Sloan it's true. You don't you know you you don't know with Sloan she won in Auckland and then she lost quickly at the Australian Open. Now she's won in Acapulco. You do I did get a feeling she was she was enjoyed herself and she even said that afterwards as, as much as she ever has playing tennis, maybe that atmosphere, maybe that that experience there will carry over. Um, you don't know what's next for her. She's, but she has done well in Indian Wells in the past. She quarterfinalist. She took a set from Serena last year. Uh, so yeah, that she's she's an interesting case. It's also interesting that she's now ahead of Madison Keys in the rankings. She's third in the in the U.S. behind the Williams sisters. So that's I don't think anybody expected that. That's a surprise um, coming into the year. So. So it's, you know, it's sort of time to turn your attention back to her.
0: Yeah. And boy, if there was any place to have an all Williams final, I mean, that, uh, you know, Uh be quite something with, you know, the history of that there. Uh, Yeah. And Simona now down to number five. We're just looking at the rankings. Also, very curious to see what Anjali Kerber does here, too. Um, You know, we'll have the number two ranking, obviously, the Australian Open champion. Um, and perhaps you know, I think also Rodwanska kind of an interesting case to me. I, I still feel the momentum's kind of there. Uh, this would be another. She's won this or Miami before. I just can't remember which one. I think it. I think it was Miami. But um, you know, I think I think certainly a another sort of where you know where she is. Um, I it think it's. I just think overall this is a particularly women's event. Muguruza has has been as poor as Halep this year, so we want to see where she is. Um, we'll we'll get some interesting matches with the rankings alone. With Sharapova down to seven, Kvitova down to nine, um, there should be you know really quite a bit to work with here in terms of early um, early round you know highlight matches. Azarenka at fifteen. You know, this. You know Indian Wells is kind of a tournament where, where you the way I described it in, in writing like a tournament preview earlier this year was, it's it's the grand slams but you're kind of trimming the fat of like the the first two rounds where you you really are going to be stretching to see anything of
1: great drama. You kind of get those right away. Yeah. yeah, I think on the women's side this time. Maybe the interest is after February. Where you know, what did that mean? What did all this yeah. sort of craziness, all the upsets, mean? Will that end? Will will we see the best players um, win again? Was that just a was that just kind of a one off, or will that continue? You know, like you said, it's interesting You know, there's a lot of people who haven't had a great start or didn't have a great February. Who will be will be interesting to follow? Serena Kerber. Um, Wanska has had success, but um, but she's another interesting case. Muguruza, they're all all of them will come to Indian Wells, I think, with really feeling like they want to get the seasons on track before the before the slams come up.
0: Well, let's move. Um, you know, with that said, let's move to the men's. I think that is a really good point, by the way, about what this upheaval, not upheaval, the chaos really of February meant, if anything, and if we'll kind of put that into the recesses. Uh, after Indian Wells in Miami, uh, for the men's side, uh, we're not going to. I think the big news for the the men is who we're not going to see. We're going to see Venus in the women's tournament. We're not going to see Roger Federer um, in Indian Wells. He is uh, still recovering from his injury. We've seen he's been active on social media, not on the tennis courts. So for Roger, you know, I don't think uh, I, I don't think this is too much of a an issue for him, really. You know, he's he has already catered his calendar. Uh, he pared down the clay events significantly, uh, leading, you know, originally. Now, he did put uh, Monte Carlo on his schedule after removing Indian Wells. That's kind of a, a neat sort of exchange because he's actually has not played Monte Carlo that often since it's um, been a non-mandatory Masters. Uh, so, you know, and, and the way we, you know, the way Federer, I think, you know, is projecting and, and kind of looking ahead, you know, clearly, it, it, as always, it is about the slams for Roger at this point. And, you know, to me, I think, I think it's, you know, I think there's no sense in him trying to, to make this if it's, if it's not going to be worth, you know, worth what's going on. He did make an appearance in California, it was just for the Oscars. It's not for, uh, for Indian Wells. And, you know, really, I think he's just centered on Europe now.
1: Yeah. You know, Federer's season's always based around Wimbledon first. And this year, I think, you know, last year he talked about Wimbledon in the U.S. Open. This year, you throw in, there's Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, and the Olympics this year. So I, I think that's when when things peak for him and he'll start again in Monte Carlo. Uh, I think he, he had planned not to play any clay events. So, I don't think he thinks his. I think maybe he thinks his window at the French Open is basically, past, which it probably has. Um, but yeah, the, there was no real surprise that he wasn't going to play Indian Wells, um, though you know he's always he's four time champion and he. I think there was a tournament he continued to, to take seriously even outside of the majors.
0: Right. Now you know for the men's side, we kind of looked a bit at perhaps dark horses on the women's side. You know, Indian Wells has really been, you know, we've given it, obviously, that major sort of, that level just under the major status. And if you look really, I would say practically almost the last decade of the event, I mean, it has been near impossible for anyone to break through besides the top tier, which has been pretty much, which has been the MO at the slams for just as long of a stretch, Um, You know, Djokovic, Murray, both be playing Davis Cup this week. Uh, Djokovic, he actually pulled out of uh, last week's event, retired with an eye infection problem. Um, You know, maybe let's start with Djokovic just a bit and then maybe consider if perhaps there's even a slight opening for someone else. I, I guess one part of that that would need to be considered is, you know, now that Djokovic has 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 had that spectacular 2015 has really sort of become this you know the undisputed number one really has already made himself an all-time great um you know does does his focus in 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 your opinion shift at all because you know from sort of and not that this is a, a minor event but does does the importance I think that he seemed to have placed on it for years does that in in your mind change to you just based on how well he's done over the past few years
1: yeah you would start to suspect that he would these would mean less to him you know I think it did for Federer at a certain point winning these after he'd won these three or four times uh Indian Wells and Miami they they came to maybe mean a little less he didn't win those for a few years uh after you know after his dominant years and maybe Maybe that's something that happens to Djokovic, um, but he's you know obviously he's always loved these tournaments. Always, this is his really his best surface. His probably one of his best times of the year. It doesn't lead to a slam. It doesn't lead you know he's he's got to be thinking French Opens and, and French Open and Olympics at this point. Uh, I feel, I just feel like when, you know once he gets out there and starts to play matches though so it don't it won't he won't feel any less drive to win. You know, he'll he'll it'll kick in and he'll he'll be as competitive as ever. I guess that's the hope among the you know the rest of the field that he just takes these a little less seriously than he did in his his mind is maybe thinking more long term this season with the Olympics there and the French Open to win than he has in the last few years. I guess I'm just trying to think of possible ways that Yeah, he, it is
0: It is tough to you know, foresee just because we've really only seen him go at, at one speed for so long, and it, there's no inclination of, you know, f- the fact that he retired from a match is hardly, is, is really a blip on the radar, and he was, you know, already getting off to such an, a good start this year. So, you know, beyond that, I mean, who interests you from a men's perspective at, at this tournament with kind of, we've discussed Djokovic and really the, the, the omission of Roger Federer a bit, but, you know, along the rankings, you know, who were some um, men that sort of, you probably want to pay a, a little more attention to maybe this month means a little bit more
1: than the rest. Well, I think you want to look I, you know, Rafa fans and, and tennis fans in general want to, well, it'll be interesting to see what he does here. He's He was pretty, he was fair at best at the clay court events in South America, he lost in the first round of the Australian Open. Indian Wells is one of his favorite tournaments. He won it when he made his big comeback in 2013. You know what? What is he like now on hard courts? Is it? I think there's something on the line for him. Does he another early exit? And you really get the feeling like his season is going to go south. Mm-hmm. But then again, he gets to the final, something like that. You feel like, all right, maybe he's back in form for the for the French Open. He's you know, start to think that way. Um, otherwise, I think. You know, the interesting people will be if, they, if they're in the event. Um, people that we saw last month play well, Kyrios, the Kyrgios, Dominic team, Alexander Zverev. If, if those young guys are, are in the tournament, this is a, you know, if you feel like this is a place where they sort of a next level, next step for them. They've, they've done pretty well at, at smaller 250s and 500 level events. You want to see what team now. Can do at this tournament he's got a lot of points to defend in Miami he didn't do that well in Indian Wells but he's somebody you know he just won his first hardcourt event so I think you're you know he's a guy he's a guy that people will be will be looking at a lot
0: yep and uh you know I think I think just for I think just for curiosity's sake I'm kind of wondering what we're gonna get from from a Ishikori someone who I think we're we're been down a little bit on I, I just kind of wonder you know does he kind of flag the uh you know what's what is uh just kind of been you know kind of stagnating a little bit we just just kind of wondering what the next move is for him uh so I think you know with the top seed you know we'll get we'll see him play quite a few matches going in this event um kind of take it where that goes I, I like the the curious mention. I think that's a little a little bit more interesting from beyond, you know, just a a, a drama perspective after what he did uh, in February. So, you know, I think overall this is you know really a li- you know Indian Wells to me a little more interesting on the women's side this year, and you know that's no surprise considering you know the recent returns of the Williams sisters, and I think a little bit of you know more than a little a lot of bit of uncertainty as to where the tour has really shifted, uh, after, you know, a February that just had upset after upset and we'll, uh, we'll maybe get a better idea, um, after March. So, uh, with that said, uh, that'll be it for today's podcast. And, you know, we'll be back next week to, uh, you know, really get, uh, set for Indian Wells. We'll have the draws at that point and Steve and I will, uh, dissect those as per usual so for Steve Tigner this is Ed McGrogan thank you again for listening to the tennis.com podcast
1: you've been enjoying the
0: tennis.com podcast for all the latest news and events head over to tennis.com